This is The Exchange, humanizing commerce through post-purchase connection. Welcome back to The Exchange, everyone. And I'm super excited today because today we have a guest on the show and he is coming from a brand that I have a ton of respect for. I talk to members of his team all the time and I'm always really, really impressed with how they treat their customer community, how they approach the brand and just their overall love of what they sell and what they do. Today we have Travis Chalk with us from CEO of Baseballism. Former college baseball player, former baseball coach and camp instructor, and all-around lover of baseball. We're excited to have him here. Welcome, Travis. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. It's always good to talk talk baseballism with uh, people who are fans of the brand. Absolutely, and we definitely are. And let, let's start there. Let's talk about baseballism first. So um, tell us a bit about the story. How, how did you guys get started? Yeah, it's kind of a crazy story. We all played uh, college ball at the University of Oregon. We were uh, four college teammates, just loved playing the game together. And um, in the summers, we started a youth baseball camp. Um, there wasn't, you know, Eugene, Oregon, if you're familiar with it, we're a big football school, but we're not a big baseball school. So we tried to, us four trying to kind of tried to fill the void of that that college outreach to the, the community surrounding the campus. And so we started a youth baseball camp. And this was um, the summers of 2006 and 2007. Started the youth baseball camp, uh, taught eight to 12 year olds just baseball fundamentals and how baseball applies to life. Um, but the big hit during the camp were camp t-shirts. So we made cool camp t-shirts. Um, they said baseballism on it. So we named the camp baseballism because I had bought the domain baseballism then. You guys know it's it's tough to find a good domain nowadays. You can type in like pretty much any word and it's already taken. So we were lucky enough to get the domain baseballism. So we called the camp baseballism, had cool camp t-shirts, ran the camp successfully for two years, and then we went our separate ways after we graduated. So uh, we took kind of a, a six-year hiatus from baseball, if you will. Mm-hmm. But uh, we were still great friends and we lived in Portland together and we would still see each other every once in a while to get a drink or, you know, just night out or whatever it is. And we realized soon that um, everyone was asking us the same question. Where did you get your t-shirt? Where did you get your camp t-shirt? Wherever we wore it, people would ask us, what does baseballism mean? Um, Where can I get that? And so I was working at a baseball academy at the time. I was also a baseball coach and a teacher. And I decided, hey, guys, everyone's asking us where to get these shirts. I'm going to make a run of shirts, and I have a place to sell it. I work at a baseball academy. And so I made a run of 48 t-shirts, just had our old camp logo on it. And the shirts sold out in a couple of weeks. And I called up my guys. I'm like, hey, I think we got some here. I think we can re- relaunch this thing as a, a baseball lifestyle brand. And so we did a Kickstarter campaign, um, just a crowdfunding campaign. And we were successful on that. And we launched our website um, in 2013. And so um, it's been bonkers ever since then. Uh, we've got 11 stores now. And we sold a... A lot more shirts than I thought we would, you know, starting out of my garage in 2013. That's crazy. I mean, and, and like there had to be a point where you going from 48, selling 48 shirts to having 11 stores and being as big as you guys are like, what was the, what was the jumping off point where you, it sounded like you were sort of the driver or the catalyst on a lot of this. Like, how did you convince the other three guys that like, this is a real thing and we're not just, we're not just selling 48 t-shirts at a time. Before we actually launched the website, I had developed a pretty good following on social just with the um, the username Baseballism on Facebook and Twitter. I had done some crazy things. I had uh, To start us off, I knew we had to have an audience before we, we started a brand. 
And so before we launched our website, I went on Twitter and I maxed out on tweets for like a week straight. And I think I was like, you, you, you can only send like a thousand tweets a day. And I did it for a week straight. <laughs> oh my God. And, I, and I asked people. So I basically, I looked up base, baseball as a hashtag. And anyone who used the baseball hashtag, I would say, hey, if you love baseball, follow our account. Out of the 7,000 people that I tweeted, maybe like 500 actually followed us. Mm -hmm. But from that 500, we created a base following that we were able to feed content to. And they would retweet it or they would share it um, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it may be. And we were able to you know, build our following to a significant amount before we launched our website. So we actually had a pretty significant customer base who was thirsty for our brand and kind of knew what we were about before we launched our brand. And, that, and when, we, so we, when we launched, we actually had a pretty good, you know, online grand opening if you will mm -hmm. and we sold a bunch of t-shirts so once once the guys saw that and we and they saw that this hey we're actually selling some t-shirts then they're like okay <laughs> let's put more work into this thing so that's kind of how it worked out that's great and it sounds like from very early on it was all about kind of this love of the game and the baseballisms and i know that's a big thing about what you guys do and what you're supporting is a love of the game in its entirety but i know every baseball fan has their team who's who's your team yeah. So that's that's a good question because that's kind of how that's kind of what shaped our brand. And so this is kind of a circular answer. But um I'm from Honolulu, Hawaii. And so I grew up with no team to root for. I was just really a big fan of the game. And whatever team was on TV, if if we were lucky enough to have a major league baseball team on TV, I would watch that and um just kind of fall in love with the game. And the other guys are from Portland, and Portland doesn't really have a team too. I mean, the closest is the Mariners, but there's automatically a rivalry between um Portland and Seattle because of the Blazers and what was then the Supersonics. <laughs> right. And so those guys didn't really have a favorite team either. And so we kind of all bonded over the same thing, just really loving the game and playing together. So I guess to answer your question, I don't really have a favorite team. I love the game, but um, recently I've been following players that wear our apparel. So I'm a big Justin Turner guy, <laughs> yeah. uh, Dodgers. I'm a big Dansby Swanson guy, just because we have personal relationships with them. Um, and, and, you know, they wear our stuff and we, we're in contact with them regularly. So um, I'm a big player guy and not necessarily a team guy. That's amazing. And I, I love that because I'm, not, I'm, a, I'm a Blue Jays fan and I know Tim's a Red Sox fan. And we both love baseball. But when we start talking about our teams, it can actually create like a lot of heat and a lot of like sometimes animosity oh, yeah. between different people. And especially especially Red Sox fans like... I know a lot of people out there listening. You know what I'm talking about, but I mean, don't um, don't so, pile on the Red Sox. I mean, come on, <laughs> it's a tough year to be a Red Sox fan. <laughs> it is. It is. Let, let us give us a breather. It's been a it's been a bad bad season. Yeah. <laughs> so so, you know, the, I think there are your your kind of origin story of having an having an idea that was clearly rooted in your passion for something, and then turning it into an online brand. I think, I think we tend to see like two different, when we, when we hear origin stories like that, we tend to hear like two different paths. Like one is what you just talked about, where it was something that you were, you had a deep passion for, you already sort of had a built in audience and, um, you know, through your efforts. And then you launched a product that just, you know, went off like gangbusters. And then there are a lot of other folks who just like look at a market and say, you know, this market is, you know, there's a lot of competition. So there's obviously, you know, there, there's, there's a market there. So I can be selling a product in yeah. that market and they try to go in with a niche. How do you feel like your, like you and the other three guys, like your true passion for baseball has helped you build the brand and helped you guys stand out? Oh, I mean, for us, I mean, being authentic is everything. And I think because of our backgrounds of all four of us 
you know, being business people, but being baseball people first, I think that really helps us a lot because everything we do is, is tied, tied to baseball. And, um, really when we started this thing, it was, it was really just a passion project to keep us together as teammates. I mean, as you, as you get older, you know, you have kids, um, get jobs, you move further away from your teammates and, and we just love hanging out with each other. And we really didn't want that, you know, that teammate bond to die as we got older. So kind of just started the brand out of my garage, just thinking, Hey, this is going to be a fun thing that we can do on the side. Maybe, we'll, maybe we'll make a little bit of side money. Maybe we won't, but it's just something fun that we can continue, you know, being a team to work on, you know, outside of baseball. So, I mean, that, that was really the mover for us is just, we did it because we loved it and we did it because we really knew the game and because we're authentic. I think people um, gravitate to our brand because they know baseball people know other base, baseball people. And if we mm-hmm. do something that's not true to the game, they'll know it right away because baseball people are smart and they know what a good swing looks like. They know what, right. you know, <laughs> if someone, if someone has, has played baseball their whole lives, you know what that person looks like. And if someone, you know, swings a bat and doesn't look so good, they'll know that they'll know that too. So, um, yeah. Just our backgrounds and, and, and what we're doing have helped us a lot. That's great. What is so? Uh, when I was looking through your guys' product catalog, what's your what's your best selling uh, what's your best selling item right now? I have a, I have a theory, but I just have a, I, I want to ask that first. Our best selling selling item overall, you know, over the last what seven seven plus years we've been in business has been the six plus four plus three equals two shirt. That's what I was going to say. And it, it just. <laughs> And we just sell so much of that shirt, and it's always in the you know the front of the front of the front of the store where people can see it in the window, um, where, wherever we open, because it just it just stops people dead in their tracks, and it's just like they either know it or they're just really confused. Mm-hmm. And so either way, it works because if you see someone wearing it, you know they're, they're, you've got a friend because they're a baseball person, and if if someone doesn't know, they're going to ask you what does that mean, and then you're going to start up a conversation that way. So it, it just works both ways for us, and we've just sold a ton of them. That, that's I was I was hoping that was the shirt because when I was looking through everything that you guys were selling, I looked at six plus four plus three equals two, and it just struck me. And I I was the six in that equation for my entire baseball playing career, there and I immediate I immediately when you just said like baseball people know other baseball people, um for my for myself I looked at that and was like man these these guys get it, and I I can totally understand why so many people have gravitated towards this brand. And actually, since our I'm, I'm gonna guess our whole audience are not baseball people, do you want to explain the shirt real quick? Okay, yeah. So when you're keeping score in baseball, every position has a number assigned to it. So you can keep track of where the ball goes. The shortstop is the six. Second base is the four. The first baseman is the three. And so if there's a man on first and a ground ball is hit, it goes to the shortstop, six, the four, to the second baseman, to three, who is the first baseman. That's a double play. So it's the most common double play in baseball. That's great. Love that. And that passion and like being able to identify other baseball people, when I when I made a purchase from your site, even all, not just the products, but even all of the communication, the way the site's set up, it's all speaking directly to baseball people. And I think like my two favorite examples of that were I originally abandoned my cart and then you guys sent me an email yeah. where it was, uh, you left your glove on the field and I was like, oh man, that is so clever. Or I think the other one was um, the order confirmation. Hey, your order's rounded third and heading home. And I was like... The whole time, just the entire experience was spot on. So I guess I have two questions from there is like, one, how do you guys come up with those? And like, two, what's the customer response been like to those? Yeah, I mean, people love it because it, it all goes back to authenticity. So everything we do, we just show people, hey, we're, we're your people. So you're buying from someone that actually, you know, it loves what you love. 
And so that's that's big for us. Um, I actually thought of the 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 drop your you left your glove at the field because that's something I used to do when I was a kid. <laughs> and my mom always used to yell at me. But I know if you get that email, you're opening no matter what because it's either your glove or it's somebody else's glove, and you don't want someone else to lose their glove either. And so you're opening the email, and, and when you see it, it's just kind of like a, a baseball humor kind of thing. You're like, oh, they got me good because you know that's that's really important. That's great. With all of with with little touches like that and all the different ways that you focus on customer experience and authenticity and brand initiatives, how do you guys track or do you track the success of those things? And if I was, you know, if I was uh, the CEO or the person running marketing at another e-commerce brand listening to this, like what advice would you give to that person to try to sort of, you know, replicate the process that you have of, of creating authenticity um, with your, with your customers? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, as this, this brand grows, my job has become to make sure that the story is consistent in whatever, whatever we do. I mean, like if you walk into our brick and mortar store, do you know that you're in, in the same store as the Instagram account that you follow online? Like does everything tie together. And so we just want to make sure that you're from, like you guys were saying, like our emails, we want to think we're baseball centric when it comes to our emails, our Instagram posts, our clothing, you know, the quality of our clothing, just just everything runs parallel to the game. And if it doesn't make sense in baseball, it doesn't make sense for us. And so we try to stick to that all the time. So I would just say, you know, make sure that your mission, whatever your mission is or whatever your passion is um, and you're starting a brand, just make sure that it's consistent throughout. Um, if you want to be a high-end brand, you can't have, a, you know, a, a nice piece of clothing and then your, your packaging is garbage. You know, you want to make sure that everything is consistent and it all ties back to, to what you're about. And, um, your customer will see that. And when they see that, you know, it will give, give them something to root for and to pull for, and, and you know, they'll, they'll be loyal to you. So I think, yeah, just consistency throughout the brand is a big thing for us. Like just to attest to what Travis is saying here, like I see that across what baseballism is doing every, like in the emails and the initiatives that you guys are doing. Like I, I was just checking through my email the other day and saw the operation play catch, um, initiative that you guys were doing and what baseballism is doing here is when you make a purchase they're giving you a baseball and then you actually can donate a baseball i mean travis maybe just walk me through like some like you guys seem to have something like that lined up all the time like maybe talk talk a bit about like what you guys are doing outside of the brand itself and like into the baseball community yeah i mean that's big for us um we started as youth baseball camp so we want to keep the kind of the same heart and souls we had as we were baseball camp and when we started the baseball camp it wasn't really to make money it was really you know because we had fun teaching kids and and passing on the game that that gave so much to us so as a lifestyle brand you know now doing e-commerce and brick and mortar stores we want to we want to have the same heart in a different way um so the money we make we always make sure that we're giving back and we want our customers to know that it's a it's a two-way street yeah we we appreciate them giving uh, us their money and and we appreciate them. And so we want to show that we give back to the game too. It's just something we, we like to do as people. I mean, it's not necessarily, you know, something we advertise all the time and say, Hey, you know, like you buy a shirt and every time you buy a shirt, 5% goes to this. It's just, it's just something we do. And I think over time people have picked up on that and just know that, you know, when they make a purchase from us, they know that we're going to do something good in return. And so like things like Operation Play Catch, where we're giving baseballs just to spread our love for the game. I mean, that's that's really just our give back to baseball because baseball's done so much for us as people. Um, you know, all the friends I have are, are mostly baseball players. You know, like just like the life lessons I've learned on the field are just invaluable. So I want to give back to the game and spread our love for the game and make sure, you know, 
maybe kids that wouldn't get a chance to experience the game get a chance to do it because of us and so that's 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 big that's high on our list as far as things we do is, is giving back to baseball and one thing you said there was um the life lessons you learned in baseball like is is there what if you were to take one lesson that you learned playing baseball as a kid that you're still applying in your grown-up life what would that be man i think i think the toughness is is is, is a big thing for me i mean when things don't go your way um, how do you how you deal with adversity? Do you do you use adversity as opportunity or an excuse? And I think for me, it's always an opportunity. If if something doesn't go our way, I mean, if we want to lead into the coronavirus, I mean, that's a big thing. Is like when when the coronavirus hit us, it was it was you know it was devastating. You know, we had we had bought a lot of inventory to get ready for the baseball season, and um, you know, coronavirus canceled. On March 12th, they canceled a spring training and they postponed the, the Major League Baseball season. A lot of our stores are outside of those stadiums. And so we took a huge hit. But And we could have just we could have just folded, honestly. We could have just said, hey, you know, this is just too much to overcome. But we, we just have so much fight in us because of, because of competition that we experienced during baseball. We just didn't quit. And we, we said, there's, there's, there's going to be a way out of this. And we just figured it out. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean... Just, just having the mental toughness to, to move on, even though things don't go your way, whether it be, you know, I don't know, maybe our website crashed one time or something like that. Um, we always fight until the very end, and um, we're always going to do that. And, and hopefully there's no end. But I mean, like, we definitely know that, you know, we fight for each other on the, on the business side. And it's just, it's just, a, it's a baseball game to us. It's like, there's no quit until the last, the last out, last pitch, last inning. I love that. I, I read. I was reading an article where you were quoted talking about how you, you and your leadership team, the four guys, know how to work well together because you played together on the field. How how has that you know as a as the CEO and leader of the business, like how have you? What are some of the tangible ways that that shows up? And like, what advice would you give to other CEOs for how to how to kind of construct a construct a winning team and sort of build a build a team that scales? Yeah, for me, I mean, it's all about trust. I mean, when we first got together as, you know, the, the four co-founders of the company, um, we all had different roles and we all trusted each other. I mean, like on the baseball field, you know, I was a third baseman. Jonathan Jawade, our COO, was a pitcher. Our CFO, Jonathan Loomis, was a catcher. And our CLO, uh, Kalen Boodman, was a second baseman. And the way I see it is w- when I was a third baseman, Yes, I would give, you know, my opinion on, on certain things when, when Jonathan Joyd was pitching, but I could never tell him how to pitch. I could never tell John Loomis how to catch. I could never tell Kalen how to play second base because I know when it comes down to it, they're the expert at their position. And so it just translates into the business world. Um, John Loomis is a, is a genius when it comes to finance. And um, I'm not going to tell him how to do numbers when, when my expertise isn't in that. And so we stay in each other's lanes we don't step on each other's toes. We let each other do what we're good at, and we trust each other. And if if mistakes are made, it's just like an error in baseball. You know, you you say, you know, I got I got the next one. I'll pick you up on the next one, and we move on. There's never too many cooks in the kitchen for us, and we're never and we're really never in shouting matches over anything because we understand that, you know, the person that's responsible for for the job is responsible for their job, and uh, we're and the person that's not is not. And so when it comes down to it, um, it's it's been a big plus for us. It's clearly working. I mean, the the approach it, it shows in everything you guys are doing, and um, kind of unrelated, but to tie to tie this a bit back into um, baseballism, the brand again. You've you've given so many 
pieces of this over the course of what we've been talking about already. But if you were to speak directly to someone listening to this and say like, okay, what is the most important piece of building a strong brand like baseballism? What would that be? The most important piece I would say is just being authentic. I mean, that, that is, that's the biggest thing for us. I mean, it's, it's, it's being authentic and letting our, our customers know that we're one of them. I mean, we're not just a bunch of guys making clothes that just happen to have baseball logos on it. Um, and we're just selling it to baseball people. We are making things that we want to wear because we are baseball people too. And I think that just brings everybody on board because I mean, if you're going to trust someone that, that loves what you love, and I mean, it's just like, just, we, we always say, you know, let, let the game we love bring us together. And I, that's, that's what we're kind of doing. We're using baseball as a bridge, you know, to, to bridge generations when it comes to the older people we sell to, the younger people we sell to, and ourselves and our customers. And so I think that's the most important thing is just be authentic is it's the biggest thing for us and, and building a brand, especially a brand that, you know, a, a niche of people used to represent them. Because uh, when people wear our stuff, they know that when other people see it, they are baseball people. When we sell our stuff, we let people know that, hey, like, you're one of us. And it's something they can show around town and they're show, showing in a subtle way instead of wearing a jersey. And so that, that's big for us is being authentic. The authenticity piece definitely shines through in the website, in the stores, in the clothing itself, in the nonprofit campaigns, and, and and honestly, even just in the way that you speak and talk about talk about this, it's clearly coming from a place of being authentic and being passionate. Thank you. Um, so what we're gonna do, we're gonna we're we're gonna get you out of here, but before we do, we have three rapid fire baseball questions, totally unrelated to business, but three baseball oh, questions. Man. Okay. So <laughs> test, my, I, test my authenticity here. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's, I promise you, it's not a quiz. I just want to, I want your opinion on these three things. Uh, so th- three rapid fire questions. So you have to keep your answers short. Okay. First question Who's your favorite player in the bigs right now? Justin Turner. Okay. Number two, what one rule would you change if you could? Oh, man. That's a tough one. That is a tough one. Mine would be, mine would be pitch count. I've come around on that. I, I think I want a pitch count. I would say I would limit the number of visits to the mound per inning. Okay, I like that. I just, I'd put that. I'd put that in the same category as pitch count. That's too much. It's just it just wastes a lot of time to me. And you know, every time I put, you change pitchers, every time I mean, like I should think. I think every time you go out there, you should maybe should have one visit before you have to pull the pitcher out. Yep, agreed. Okay, and then last question. This is slightly broader, but if you were in charge of marketing the MLB what would you do differently? I would find a way to market the old school stuff in a cooler way. I think they, what they've been trying to do is try to change the game. And like, I mean, it kind of, it kind of tears baseball in half because the older guys like the traditional stuff and the younger guys like, you know, the bat flip and swag stuff. <laughs> why, why can't they just try to market the things that are traditional in a cooler way instead of trying to, you know, change the whole game. So that, that that'd be my opinion. I mean, you, you and the team should reach out to them because you are finding ways to find that like nostalgia traditional stuff and make it cool. Like <laughs> I take a look at those shirts and it's, it's a lot of stuff that like my grandpa would tell me about baseball and you guys are making it cool. So, um, let's get you in touch with them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, like they market like the bat flips and make it cool, but what is cool about not bat flipping and running down the line, putting your head down? That's what you got to dig into. And I think we do a good job on that. 
All right. Well, Travis, thanks for going into those rapid fire questions with us. And thanks for all the insight you've dropped for everyone who's listening today. And um, if anyone wants to kind of interact with you, like, do you have a blog, a Twitter account or like LinkedIn? Where can people kind of learn more about you and see what you're up to? Yeah, I mean, obviously you can follow us on Baseballism. That's pretty much what I'm up to most of the time. So at Baseballism on Instagram and, and Facebook and Twitter. Um, but um, personally, you can follow me on Instagram. That's where I post most of my stuff. That's just at TravChalk. And then uh, I'm on TikTok now, which is something I'm trying to learn for Baseballism. <laughs> just Travis Chalk on TikTok. So that's where I'm at nowadays. All right. So if everyone listening can go follow him on TikTok, um, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to go see him learn in real time. Yeah. All right. Once again, thanks, Travis. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. That's been it for The Exchange this week. And see you next time. That's been The Exchange, presented by Loop, the returns platform for Shopify. Thanks for listening.